Mixed data, but storm clouds on the horizon. Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Cliff Notes on the global manufacturing picture. I'm the host of this show, Cliff Waldman, one of many shows on Manufacturing Talk Radio. The uneven, jagged climb from the worst economic contraction of the post-World War II era continued in July. But are red flags on the horizon for the U.S. economy and of great importance to us for the U.S. manufacturing sector? On this week's episode, we will look at the second quarter, historic second quarter GDP report. We'll consider July retail sales that came out just this morning. We'll consider the July Institute for Supply Management Manufacturing Report. We'll consider the July Federal Reserve Industrial Production Report that came out just this morning. And we'll look at July manufacturing jobs. At the end of the episode, I'll put it together. We'll look at the risks. We'll look at the issues. And we'll look a little bit ahead. Let's get started. The second quarter of 2020 GDP report will go into the economics textbooks. In many ways, it defines the great challenge faced by all segments of the U.S. economy. We are struggling to release ourselves from the grip of the deepest sinkhole of modern post-World War II times. In the second quarter of this year, Inflation-adjusted GDP contracted at an annual rate of 32.9%. It's the first reading. It's subject to revision, but it's unlikely to be revised significantly. The consumer spending, personal consumption expenditure component of GDP, fell by an even greater 34.6% on an annualized rate during the second quarter, and that was mostly due to a 43.5% drop on an annualized rate in services spending. That's what the lockdown did. That's where the rubber met the road in terms of the pandemic and the response to the pandemic and what it meant for the deep sinkhole of economic growth in the second quarter. During the second quarter, two categories of great importance to manufacturing, business equipment spending and export growth, contracted at startling rates. After a more than 15% annualized decline in business equipment spending, it plummeted by 37.7% in the second quarter. Remember, a one great advantage of U.S. Domestic manufacturing, something where we have a strong edge, is business equipment, business machinery of all kinds. Intellectual property products had been holding up better, but nonetheless contracted by a 7.2% annualized rate in the second quarter. U.S. exports contracted by a startling 64.1%. Remember, a great, the lion's share of manufacturing output in the United States of U.S. produced goods are sold overseas. So the plummeting global economic picture had a remarkable effect on squashing any growth 
in the U.S. manufacturing sector. This morning, July retail sales came out. Consumer spending is 70% of the U.S. economy, and that uh, thus of great importance to U.S. economic growth, and of course, that is of great importance to U.S. manufacturing growth. As the March and April lockdowns generally ended, the American consumer came out of their houses, and they did what they do best. They spent. But that spending has clearly slowed in the wake of an alarming resurgence of the virus. For the economy as a whole, it's felt tremendously. That 70% is, means that every, so much of what goes on in the American um, economy is something that starts and ends with the U.S. consumer. While July retail and food services growth was, was up 1.2%, this is considerably slower than the 8.4% growth seen in June. Weakness in motor vehicles and parts was offset by some strength in electronics and clothing. I will suggest to you something that's probably not considered properly this, these days. Some of the positive momentum, even if it's weakening positive momentum, but some of the positive momentum in spending in such things as electronics, cars, and even high-end clothing is being helped by the, the strong stock market. There has been much talk about the strange dissonance between the very, very difficult, the historically difficult economy and a, and a stock market that, while had a terrible fall in March and April, has come back with a roar. But that stock market has what is called a wealth effect. Not enough Americans are in the stock market, but enough are in so that if they feel richer, the stock market's going up. If their portfolios are recovering, It'll have a spending effect, and I think it's showing up in certain categories of spending that have helped the forward, if slowing, momentum in retail sales. A consumer that is spending, but spending at a slower rate, should help to maintain U.S. manufacturing growth momentum, if at a slower rate. Well, that's what happened in July. Let's first look at the July survey report from the Institute for Supply Management. It was, in many ways, a picture of manufacturing strength. Perhaps it overstated a bit. At least the numbers overstated manufacturing strength. Um, helped by the U.S. consumer, helped by some improvement in global economic conditions, the much-followed Purchasing Managers Index registered a healthy 54.2% in July. That's its second consecutive month above the 50% mark, which signals short-term growth for U.S. manufacturing. To give you some perspective, the Purchasing Managers Index hit a trough of 41.5%, a recent trough of 41.5% in April of this year, and has gained a remarkable 12.7 percentage points in just three months. While the July improvement appears broad-based, 
with a significant drop, drop, uh, drop in new orders and production, the re- comments from respondents, which are very useful in analyzing this survey, were actually somewhat more pessimistic than these very good numbers. For example, a respondent from the machinery sector noted that subdued business conditions have been driving highly conservative forecasting due to variability in ongoing pandemic-driven conditions and the economic response. I have a feeling that we are going to be seeing or hearing some version of that sentence for some time to come. Getting into the July industrial production report coming out this morning from the Federal Reserve, the machinery sector respondents' words of uncertainty were well supported by not only the July industrial production report, but the July U.S. manufacturing job growth picture. After an historic 16% decline in April, U.S. manufacturing output growth began a slow recovery to 3.8% in May. It then accelerated to 7.4% in June. But in July, it slowed again to 3.4%, and it remains, output in the manufacturing sector remains 7.7% below year-ago levels, still substantially below year-ago levels. That's a large number. Although, you know, it, it, output was generally le- um, led by a 28.3% increase in the output of motor vehicles, it was broad-based positive, with only fabricated metals and paper showing minor contractions in output. So the output picture, while generally led, most, mostly led by autos, was uh, on a broad-based uh, look at it throughout the in major industry sectors, it was certainly a positive, if slower, report in, um, for manufacturing output growth. Now, interestingly, the, Ju- the July jobs picture was just the opposite. And in fact, I'm going to suggest to everyone who's listening that the manufacturing jobs data for July may suggest, in spite of positive output growth numbers may suggest a warning for the months ahead. Why? Well, U.S. manufacturing added 26,000 jobs in July, a fraction of the 357,000 gain in June and the 240,000 gain in jobs in May. Of greater concern, the July manufacturing job gain was almost entirely due to a slightly more than 39,000 employment addition in the motor vehicle and parts industry. Outside of autos, the manufacturing jobs picture in July was broadly negative, with just a few small exceptions. And in fact, in July, job losses were seen in key industries of manufacturing, primary metals, fabricated metal products, machinery, computers and electronic products, and electrical equipment and appliances in spite of, you know, pretty healthy spending lately by the consumer on electronics. 
What's going on? We had a good ISM report for July. We had a slower, albeit broadly-based, decent output growth report from July. But we had, except for some gain in auto employment, we had a broadly negative employment picture for July in the manufacturing sector. I would suggest that we're seeing supply chain issues in front of us. A globally resurgent virus, and remember, the resurgence of the virus hasn't just been in the United States. It's been a global resurgent story, somewhat uneven across the globe, but it's been a global concern. And I would suggest that a globally resurgent virus is likely creating renewed disruptions in manufacturing supply chains, which have direct impact on jobs. So while strength would, would doesn't make while the relative strength in manufacturing data doesn't make sense with a broadly negative jobs picture in July, supply chain disruptions that are coming from the renewal of the pandemic in the US certainly and global generally are impacting jobs. While the output data are steady, these jobs data suggest caution, partially as a result of uh, – and they suggest caution, particularly in light of what, at least today, Friday, August 14th, appears to be a complete stalemate on a much-needed renewal of the fiscal stimulus that, more than anything, is hovering over the outlook – if they don't, if Congress and the White House do not come to an agreement, and there is no extension of the fiscal stimulus, and particularly no extension of much-needed, desperately needed unemployment benefits, I predict that consumer spending will not only slow, it will contract, and I predict that U.S. manufacturing growth and jobs will considerably darken. It's a easy equation. Resurgent virus plus no stimulus equals major short-term risk to the U.S. economy and major short-term risk to the U.S. manufacturing sector. This is Cliff Waldman saying, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode and we'll keep very much on top of this critical story. Have a good day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.